welcome to Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs, business leaders, and startup founders on how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we're going to talk with my good friend, Costa Lacamentis. This guy's a legend, but he's also the founder uh, and CEO of Click Communications. Costa, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about you, my brother. Greg, what a joy to see you and a thrill to be on the show. Thank you so much. So um, let me give you a quick snapshot of where I started. Like a lot of the people that we know and that we've worked with, we've got into this business, this line of business through music. And that's pretty much how I started too. I had an intense interest in music. I grew up in the 70s. We had incredible music, incredible artists happening. And my love of music actually led me down the product path. And it was, I I tinkered with products, I built stuff. And it wasn't until I started working for Mackie uh, in the late 90s that I really got a chance to get my hands dirty and develop new products. And so since then, I've developed uh, over 130 products, uh, authored or co-authored 11 patents, and uh, I'm just, uh, I'm in nirvana. That's what I love to do. I love to make products. And about uh, six, seven years ago, I started a company, um, a ClickBox, to make my own products because I saw a need in the marketplace. And that's what I do. So, all right. So tell us about Click. What, what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Well, Click is a company that's solving a problem that those of us who've been in business or in education or, goodness knows, almost any industry have had this problem. And the problem is getting the stuff off of your computer or your phone or whatever up onto a screen so you can share it with other people. And, you know, there have been all kinds of half-hearted attempts at doing that. But um, with Click, we started out, we went down a path uh, of engineering and and devising a solution, and um, we uh, filed for a, a patent uh, a year ago, and um, we have uh, a product that is uh, solves all of the problems related to content sharing uh, from multiple sources to multiple screens, all in one shot. So, I mean, that's kind of what I can tell you. I mean, that sounds pretty flipped out. When, when does this is this out? Is this coming out? What what is this? We, we have a whole line of products that um, are out now. So we can, you know, we can sell you everything from the click stick, which is a little dongle device, uh, all the way up to our hub, which allows you to do like a four split screen sharing, all kinds of stuff, live streaming to the internet, all kinds of great stuff. But our really big achievement is uh, in the pipeline. All right. All right. Sounds good. He's keeping us on his toes. <laughs> all right. I love it. So, um, Costa, I mean, you, you've done a lot of different products, uh, a lot of innovations, you know, sales and marketing program innovations, all sorts of crazy things throughout your career. But you seem to always kind of be on to something new and fresh and innovative. What, what inspires you? Where does this come from? Well, and it's kind of interesting because for me, you know, I was that kid, literally, you know, that would take everything apart. Like my parents were went crazy. You know, they buy me a radio. I took it apart. And, you know, most of the stuff never got put back together again, mind you. But but still, 
and, and, and I guess if I distill it, it's really it's I, I'm inspired by finding solutions to complex problems. And, and really, you know, when you come across something that that gives you pause that, you know, causes you to go, oh, well, you know, this just it's not working out or whatever. Most people do the sensible thing and walk away. That's when I get started is when I come across something like that and go, well, wait, there must be a better way of doing it. That, that's, in fact, exactly how Click started, uh, where I thought, you know, there are technologies out there. There are ways of doing this. Why hasn't someone done it? And, and that's really how I started. Well, it's an interesting one because you talk about challenges and we, we're really all about practical advice uh, on this show in particular. And so, you know, right now, you know, you probably have faced some, you know, challenges along the way we all have, especially the last two years. Geez. Um, but I'm curious, you know, what's the biggest challenge you have right now and what have you done to overcome it? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I mean, the last couple of years, obviously, a lot of companies have suffered with uh, parts shortages and uh, disruptions in the supply chain and all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, we had our fair share of those as well. I mean, people, we, we, we sell products that allow people to meet together and share content. People stopped meeting together. <laughs> they, they shared content, but they shared it over the Internet. So, you know, that was a challenge. But, but really, the biggest challenge for me in the, in, the last, in the last, I'd say, two years really is finding a way to, uh, let's say, break the code for venture capital and investors and that whole investment community. Because despite the many things that I've done over the years, which is everything from, like you said, sales and marketing and product development and engineering and all that sort of stuff, despite all of that, I've never raised money. I've never done that part of it. And I, it's an alien world to me. And as you know, it, it has its own idiosyncrasies. And so that's been the biggest challenge is really getting my head around um, how to present what we have. Because if I look back at my career, I've always been explaining my products to knowledgeable people. So if I've developed it, I developed a digital audio mixer at, at Mackie, a thing called the DX810. And it would take me 15 seconds to describe it to, to a, a sound uh, expert who would buy it and sell it to somebody else, right? Because they all knew. But these folks are not technical, <laughs> right? The investment right. community. So I find myself focusing on these features. I'm going, aren't you guys crazy about these, this product? It's amazing. And, you know, they get the blank stare. Hmm, what did you say that was? So that's something I really have to learn. And uh, I think I'm getting close to a breakthrough, to be honest, but it, that's been a definite challenge for me. Well, it's interesting you say this because, you know, your career has been in, in a corporate setting in these, you know, large corporations that you've scaled, you've grown and everything. But now you've gone way back to the beginning in the last six years or so. You've gone right back to the beginning uh, and being a lone soldier and now building up your own team, which is quite substantial at this point. But I mean, you talk about the difference between a large corporate setting and a startup, if you will. You know, I think that's what you're kind of explaining in a way. You're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, part of my experience when I've been in the corporate world it has always been new market development. So uh, I've, I've helped a couple of companies change their focus and change their direction and add on complementary business, as you know, and as you've done as well. 
And, and that is in a way like a startup, but it's missing the raising capital component. Yeah. You know, for me, if I worked for a company that, that needed something like that, I, I, I pitched the CEO who understands the product and uh, understands some of the markets. And they go, yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. But, you know, this is a completely different uh, circumstance. So that's that's where I find the challenge, you know. But it, it really is just going back to the basics. Uh, exactly. So, like, now you're a curious guy, right? You're always, uh, you're tinkering, you're trying to figure it out. Like, and you're always learning, which is one of the, my favorite traits about you. I just love that. Um, but like, what are you researching now? Like, what's next for you in your search? Uh, you know, what what do you what do you look to solve next? Well, I mean, I have obviously a bunch of professional interests that are related to patents and product development and stuff that's in the pipeline. That you know, I'll leave that out for for the moment. And I was guessing again. I love it. <laughs> but I will say, I will say that to me. The biggest, let's call it the biggest undertaking of our time, of our civilization, maybe, is um, to to switch from fossil fuels to uh, renewable energy sources. And I mean, the electrification of the world is something that I'm really super interested in, and uh, and I'm and I'm researching, and I, and I think you know. A lot of people are saying we've hit the tipping point for electric vehicles, and and I think we probably have. Um, and and you know, with so many new models coming to market and new brands and the existing brands jumping over there, so the electrification of the world. How do we produce? How do we store? How do we transport uh, electricity? And and keeping in mind that the lithium ion battery or the various lithium batteries that we have today. Uh, has only one one hundredth the energy density of gasoline, right? So if you if you have a tank of gas, you know, got fifteen or twenty gallons of gas, multiply that by a hundred in what you would need in lithium batteries. So we have some real challenges, but there are a lot of people working hard at solving those challenges, and that's really super interesting to me. I, I got to tell you, we would be remiss not to talk about the craziness that's going on in in the world right now with with all of this and and quite frankly you know if there was ever a moment in time where the the tipping point got tipped right over uh in terms of fossil fuels and yeah. renewable energy now now's the time don't you think uh, absolutely i mean you know the the current and and uh, you know this who knows when someone's going to be watching this podcast but um you know, the current moment in time is one that's uh, unprecedented. I mean, uh, you know, I've lived through a lot and I, I don't think I've ever felt the kind of anxiety that I feel right now for what's going on. Uh, you and I both know people in Ukraine. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, this this is such a shock to me that that this barbaric war could be um, uh, executed against uh, uh, people in Europe. I mean, I don't know. It's um, it's, it's pretty hard fight. to even understand. And and yeah, like you, I, I have I have very good friends uh, over there. And you know, normally we talk about when I first started doing this podcast, we would talk about practical advice we could give to people, right? And people who are trying to get through these these difficult times in a pandemic. Yeah. Now here we are talking about 
you know, uh, war times on top of a pandemic. I mean, a it's whole other absolutely level. unfathomable. But I guess that brings us to a good point, right? Like, I, yes, it's stressful. Yes, it's a crazy time. But maybe you have some advice on how to kind of work through it, especially if you're working remotely. Uh, you know, uh, what are some of the things that you do to avoid being in a rut or in a slump or or getting sucked into all this craziness and staying productive? And 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 I and I do run into that probably more frequently than I would like to even admit that sometimes it becomes so overwhelming you kind of you know grind to a halt you can't be productive so for me um, I, I completely detach I will turn off uh, all the devices and either go to the gym and work out uh, and and break a sweat. And, you know, um, get there and do something for an hour or go for a long walk uh, or um, uh, listen to classical piano music. <laughs> I just I and in the before times, of course, you know, we travel too, right. But uh, it's been a while since we've done that. I'm hoping to get back to traveling maybe this summer uh, again. Uh, but uh, but I, I think it's really incumbent on us, especially for those of us who are involved in a lot of stuff going on all the time, phone calls and video meetings and documents and all this other stuff. It's so important to just turn it off. And uh, for some, they meditate. I, I don't meditate uh, necessarily. I like to build stuff um, or, you know, tinker on one of my cars or something like that. But uh, it, it's so incumbent on all of us to keep that, you know, we call it work-life balance, whatever you want to call it. But to get away from all of it and do whatever seems to be right for you, whether it's meditation or working out. Uh, I think that's there's, super important. There's nothing better than, than just clearing your mind and finding a way to, you know, look, there's, there's something to be said for we're in this living in this world where it's kind of like this treadmill where you're just like, go, 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 go. And like, if you don't stop, like you can't actually think about how you actually solve a problem or how you add value or how you build your brand or whatever it is, right? Like Correct. you have Correct. some of this stuff actually requires mental thought, not just yeah. doing, right? Well, as much as I'm an action guy, I'm all about action, get it done. Right. But you got to think too. Absolutely right. And, you know, we have some interns in right now and I find it's actually kind of interesting to spend time with interns which gets me away from my all of my stuff. And I'm now, you know, kind of sharing some of my knowledge with, with interns. And that's kind of refreshing. It's kind of, you know, when you see people's eyes open for the first time on a topic and they go, oh, oh, wow, that's how it's done or something like that. That's deeply satisfying. And, uh, and, and I think it's absolutely critically important for all of us to do it. No doubt. Now, okay, so let's let's talk about mentors, right? Because you're a mentor to these young people. You've been my mentor in some cases, in many cases. Uh, and so I'm curious, who's your mentor? Who's your role model? Who do you look up to? Well, that's a really good question because I, although I don't necessarily feel like I have a, a contemporary mentor now, right now, there are people who have made a significant difference in my life, both personally and professionally. Obviously, professionally is kind of what, what we're talking about here. But, but for me, it started out with, and I'll, I'll count them as one person, but um, a couple uh, named uh, uh, Don and Carolyn Davis. 
And uh, the name may not mean anything to uh, people in consumer electronics, but uh, Don and Carolyn uh, were the authors of Sound System Engineering, a book that uh, changed my whole career trajectory. Um, and and they, they would do these seminars and you would, could go and attend and hear them speak and whatever. But I'd already, by the time I was in my teens, I'd already kind of gravitated toward electrical engineering to some extent, especially as it related to sound. But this book filled in the acoustic component and it really helped me understand. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but you know that I've done sound for Pope John Paul II. I did, I did not know that. Wow. You didn't know that? No. So uh, um, <laughs> it's it's too long an anecdote to tell you all the details right now, but I was 26 years old and fresh out of uh, learning, um, uh, you know, which I started doing about uh, 20 or 21, uh, getting involved in audio engineering. And I was starting to design sound systems and we were selling sound systems to churches and so forth. And as a result, we got a contract where I designed an outdoor system for 400,000 people. And uh, we we built it and we did sound for Pope John Paul II. Unbelievable. You know, I could just picture it now. Costa and the Pope. I could just picture it now. <laughs> we, we had T-shirts made up, Pope Show T-shirts afterwards. Um, but but But, you know, Don and Carolyn Davis were really important to me because they gave me the confidence that I understood, you know, the propagation of audio, how it worked, what, you know, cue it was, what directivity is, sensitivity, all of those components that I was able to put together. And when I saw the system that had been designed for the papal mass, I knew that this was inadequate. I could calculate it. I knew the mix and models of the speakers, their sensitivities, et cetera, power handling, and I was able to design a system of my own. So to me, that was just pivotal. And, and of course, you know, that's started my career in, in pro audio. Um, um, there, there are others. There are others. There's a guy named Paul McGuire, who uh, was the, uh, the the head of sales, the VP of sales for Electro Voice uh, back in the 80s when, when I got to meet him. And uh, we actually became very good friends. And Paul was uh, like five foot four or so, ex-Marine, and known for his gut check speeches to his uh, sales reps and whatnot. But this guy, this is a guy who, despite his tough exterior, he he built that business on the strength of his character and his relationships with people. And, and you know, it's because of Paul that I met people like uh, Jonathan and Susan Lip. You know the Lips, yes, right? Yeah. Or Stanley Logger. I don't know if you remember Stanley, uh, Dale Pro Audio. I mean, these were these were industry titans, and Paul was that guy, and he taught me the value of those relationships. And um, he's a, a pretty phenomenal person. And I'll give you one more while I'm at it. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Please, George Feldstein. I don't know if you ever knew George, but he started a company called Crestron. And um, and a lot of people in in uh, CE may not know Crestron, but uh, he built a billion dollar business. Um, it, just by working hard and being just a straight shooter. And I, I had to go to Crestron years ago, maybe uh, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, for a meeting with some executives on some projects that we were going to do together. And, um, and, and George came into the meeting and uh, introduced himself, and we got to talking. And, and uh, he said, you know, I'm, I'm building a new house, and I've got some of your products in my house. Do you want to come and see it? 
And so I said, okay. So we went. And um, here he's building this beautiful home with a big home theater and a pool and a grotto and whatever. And he was just the most genuine, nice guy. But he, he told me an anecdote and he said, you know, I, um, I, you know, went down my path and then I had a competitor come along. I'll summarize. I had a competitor come along. I didn't take them seriously and they ate my lunch and I swore I would never get caught flat footed again. And he turned his company into an engineering powerhouse. It's still going today. It's unbelievable. It is the leader in integration, uh, system integration. So, I mean, these are, these, are, these are people that I've met over the years and have struck me in such a way. Um, and, and, and there are others. I think, I think you'd agree that um, Chuck Sorak, is one of those people. He's an icon, yeah. He's an icon, and he's an icon because of integrity and because of professionalism, and he has built a company that will outlast all of us. And and probably is is probably the second largest uh, MI retailer after uh, Guitar Center uh, in the world. And um, no hoopla, no making up stories or whatever, no funny business, just integrity. So these are the people I respect in the industry. Amazing. Well, you, you have such uh, such a, a, an incredible arc uh, of your career and trajectory that you've been on. Uh, there's so many people that you've that you've encountered. And and, um, you know, I, too, have been fortunate enough to you know work with you and meet some of these people along the way with you. Um, and I'll tell you, there's been some real incredible characters like our friend MacGyver. Right. I mean, here comes a guy this guy can engineer anything, solve any problem. He comes anything. out of the ceiling and fixes it. Like whatever, like it's anything. just amazing. Right. But you know, Greg, um, the, what that really says is um, you've got to try, you've got to put yourself out there and you have to make the effort. And if you don't feel ready, if you don't feel fully equipped, my personal experience was I studied sound system engineering because I wanted to learn how to do that. I wanted to solve that problem. And the information is out there. Whether you're taking it in the form of videos or reading, I, I prefer reading because it gives you a whole different dimension. You know, videos rush you along. Reading allows you to dwell on, on specific words and specific topics and really absorb them. So, yeah, I mean, people like MacGyver, you know, it, 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 they are people who make stuff. And that's what we did when we worked together. Absolutely. Uh, we we went out there and we said, hey, we're going to take this on and we're going to we're going to make it happen. Um, uh, I'll never forget, Costa, you know, rolling into, you know, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas with the, uh, you know, the iNuke boom, which is a eight foot by four foot by four foot, you know, giant iPod dock. It was the most ridiculous thing we ever did. But my goodness, uh, did it resonate, right? It resonated on a big scale. It resonated on a smaller scale, right? It was a, it was a big moment. Well, it, you know, Greg, that's exactly right. And, you know, we, we were coming into the consumer electronics business with a no-name brand. Uh, nobody ever had ever heard of this brand in, in CE. And we huddled together and decided on a strategy and said, you know, we're going to go big. And we did. And I'll never forget Katie Linendahl, and you know Katie, yeah. uh, um, 
live on CNN saying, and now my favorite product of CES this year. And she had her hand on it right there. And it's the iNuke. Boom, that thing got press coverage all over the world, all over the planet. Every website, every tech blog, every magazine featured that product. And and we we swung for the fences and we did it with, uh, with uh, you know, uh, a complete plan and a team that executed. No wonder we got there. Well, that, that, you know what, look, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, people and bringing people together to do amazing things, you know? Correct. So I, I don't know these, these moments in time, they're, they're hard to come by, but when you, when you do get them together, they sometimes after the fact, they seem like, oh, of course, you know, that's, it was so easy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, but when exactly, you look yeah. back on it, you're like, no, we devised a plan, you know, 12 months earlier <laughs> to match this whole thing out, get the team together. We had the right people in the room at the right time. And, you know, we executed it together as a united team, right? That That's what it, that's what the magic was. You, you mentioned MacGyver earlier, and uh, we should explain maybe he's a guy named Randy, uh, <laughs> who who we, we call MacGyver because he can pull off anything. But um, we we were working on a product that required um, uh, an algorithm to be developed to run on DSP. And uh, we, you know, we had left it with the team in China. And so we were over there for a week to evaluate it and make sure that it can go into production. And we arrived there on a Monday morning at the office and discovered that the algorithm didn't even exist. I mean, what they had made was not an automatic mic mixer. It was something com- completely different. And uh, so we kind of retreated to our hotel rooms that night and separately did a whole pile of research so that when we got together Tuesday morning, we had a plan. And by Friday, we had an algorithm completed and tested. That's what it takes. It takes just not giving up. It takes actually putting in the, the, the legwork. And yeah, maybe there are lots of auto mixing algorithms out there, but this is one we created and, uh, and we can be proud of that. So I think there's I also, you know, there's a combination of like smarts, determination, grit, but there's also something that you and Randy MacGyver bring together, which is uh, systematized thinking, right? And and planning and and actually putting a, a system around it so that you can actually deliver on it, not just, you know, come up with great ideas. I, I hate doing things twice. So I would rather invest the time in a system so that I just don't have to do it over and over and over and over again. Uh, just put a system in place that works. And sometimes you have to revisit it and refine it and so forth. But You've no doubt seen me draw my my chart, my uh, X and Y chart to say that every business runs on a combination of people with personal initiative on one axis. And that's all of those great things that we throw in the bucket, like, you know, hardworking, intelligent, you know, all those those personality traits. And then on the other axis, systems. And so we talk about you and I have talked many times about entrepreneurs have a very high degree of personal initiative, probably don't need very much system at all around them because they know what to do, they're confident, they're, you know, they make stuff happen. But sustainable businesses require a combination of personal initiative and systems. And the systems can be hard systems, they can be soft systems, but they are required. That's what keeps everybody kind of steering in the same direction. They don't have to worry about whether they're going off the rails. 
And then they can let that personal initiative absolutely achieve its best. And I'm proud to say that, you know, one of the greatest highlights, certainly for me in my career, was working with you and with MacGyver and the rest of the team to accomplish something that I think many people had betted against us on. But, um, you know, you single-handedly put us into Costco. um, But all the chips started to go in the right direction because we had that plan and we had the right combination of personal initiative, highly motivated people, highly capable people. And, uh, and that's what we, that's what we pulled off. Yeah, it was, it was one exciting moment. I appreciate you saying all those kind things. Uh, but, but I'll tell you, to me, it really, you know, like you said, a team effort, that's what it was all about. So Correct. I'm going to change the topic a little bit here. Okay. Uh, okay. Two things. What is, what is something that you wish everybody understood? Something that everybody understood. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I wish everybody understood that the, <laughs> the truth is out there. And, um, and you can, with a very little bit of effort, uh, figure it out. And I think, you know, as, as, um, as content has flourished, you know, the content creation used to have these big uh, uh, barriers to entry, right? Uh, because, you know, the big companies own the medium, whether it's the television networks or the newspapers or whatever. But um, since the sort of democratization of content creation and distribution, we've ended up with a lot of crappy content. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Um, more content is not necessarily better content. Sure. And, and, you know, I think we have to, we have to condition ourselves to be inquisitive. I, I, I think people have to, I wish people understood the importance and the value of doing research and, and, um, and reading. I mean, you know, we touched on, on uh, reading earlier, but, you know, reading is such an incredibly valuable exercise. And I, I know a lot of people today, especially I see a lot of kids come out of school now, um, can't spell very well, uh, have a very limited vocabulary. You know, there's a reason we have so many words in our vocabulary, right? It's so that we can not just express what we want to eat, but what we want to savor, right? We want, we want the nuance in speech. And I think um, if, if people really understood that there is a wealth of information out there, that as long as you uh, snoop around in the right places, um, you can you can learn and you can grow as a person. And the more you grow as a person, um, I think the better off the planet is. And um, yeah, that that's that's something I wish people would understand. Perfect sense. So along these lines, right? It's a time of uncertainty. We talked about this before, but just you know. Look, it's not easy times, right? We talked about it, you know, this um, from a mental health perspective, from, you know, just all the other things that are going on, all the forces that are working against us, inflation, this, that, the other. I mean, it's just kind of a, a mess out there, but yet we all have to stay productive and we all have to figure out how to how to thrive through this uncertain time. Sure. What advice would you give to someone who might be struggling out there or trying to reinvent themselves or, you know, try and figure it out? Well, uh, so mental health is first and foremost, and that we talked about detaching or doing whatever allows you 
um, for some people it's worship, for some people it's, uh, um, you know, exercise. It, it doesn't matter what it is for you, but that's that's super important because these have been very, very stressful times. And there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety. Um, but again, I'll go back to saying that um, in, in a business context, let's talk about that in a business context, uh, first and foremost, uh, keep yourself abreast of what's going on. You know, um, I told you we have these interns and, and you know, we're helping them learn about uh, digital marketing. And I'll, I'll point to one tool, you know, they're there are lots of tools like this, but Google's Keyword Planner, for example, you know, it's a, it's accessible to everybody. But go in and start searching out to see what people are searching for. You know, trends, big trends start as micro trends. So I think, you know, if you if you make it a habit to look at what's going on, what are people talking about? What is coming down the road? I mentioned, you know, the the the, the biggest probably the biggest infrastructure project of our civilization it will be the electrification of the the globe with with billions of people the last time we did that we had a fraction of the of the population and a fraction of the resources and a fraction of the technology this is going to happen and and so i would say you know it, the truth again is out there but um i think you know my advice is Listen to the micro trends and see, extrapolate and see where you think they can go to try and get ahead of the tsunami that will eventually come. Isn't great advice. Um, what's one question that you wish I would have asked you and how would you have answered that question? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did you end up doing sound for the Pope? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's a good question. No, I, look, you've asked me a lot of questions, and um, I'm happy to answer all of them. I, I suppose, I suppose, the one question you could have asked me is, "What was my favorite product that I've uh, been involved with and I've developed?" And uh, you know, there's probably there's probably a lot of them, but I mentioned that DX810 uh, digital mixer that I that I designed uh, when I was at Mackey. And um, we launched that, I think, around the year 2000. And it lived on, despite the fact that Mackey didn't continue in the installed sound business, but it, it lived on as an EAW product uh, for at least a decade, maybe, maybe 13, 14, 15 years, somewhere in there. I, I lost track. But um, that, was, that was one product that was really, uh, it, it was a Swiss army knife for systems integrators, for audio pro audio systems integrators. And it was really a, a um, something I was very proud of at the time and I'm still very proud of now. Well, you have tons to be proud of because your accomplishments are too long to That's list great. on this call. So let, let me just say, you know, Costa, thank you. You're a busy guy. You got a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, I, I know you you have some other crazy things up your sleeve coming down the pike and can't wait to see what you do next. Anyways, let's just end on this. Where can uh, listeners find you online? Where, where, where can we learn more about Costa? Well, um, probably uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place, unless you're trying to sell me something. Uh, don't, look, now, now. don't look for me. Everybody's trying to sell you something, Costa. <laughs> Everybody is, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 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 a good place to find me is on LinkedIn, and I'm I'm always open to talking to people about 
ideas and products and, you know, uh, whatever um, trends and so forth, and especially to VCs uh, who may be looking for the next huge thing. Um, yeah. I think you might have it. Well, <laughs> on that note, thank you very much, Costa. Loved hanging with you as always. You're the best. Um, and uh, I, like I said, I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, for all those listening, thank you so much for listening to Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures. Uh, please be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all that crazy stuff that you do out there. And uh, all the best to you and uh, best to everybody uh, on the other side of the world, too. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Peace. Peace.